Welcome to The Digital Couch, a podcast by Value First, featuring global thinkers and their stories. Over to your host now. Hi, this is Imanshu, and I have with me Josh Graham today. Josh is co-founder and CMO at Airtime Rewards. Welcome to Digital Couch, Josh. Hi, Imanshu. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for uh, coming to the, the Digital Couch. And uh, how we would like to start is we would like to know your story. I, you went to Lancaster and then you did a couple of corporate stints before you started your own startup. So why don't you tell us how you reached uh, the place where you started your own startup? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, as you say, I went to Lancaster University yeah. um, where I studied four years uh, business management yeah. and entrepreneurship. Um, really, really wanted to get into starting a business as, as soon as possible, really, but was advised to go down the, the university route and education route a bit further. And it was it was a good decision. And during that period at, at uni, um, started a business. Uh, and it was in product sampling for FMCG brands. And okay. essentially, we took uh, products from the likes of Coca-Cola, uh, Mondelez, Cadbury's, Propercorn. And we, we took them to the student market and allowed those brands to unlock insights and data on what those customers thought about those products, yeah. um, which was a great business. You know, we worked with some, some really cool brands and I think it really just got me started on the sort of hype of starting a business and really, really interested me really. And I took that outside of university and tried to sort of build it alongside a couple of corporate roles that I had in Manchester. Okay. Um, those businesses were all in mobile marketing um, and we were working with big brands on their first mobile strategies. So Chelsea FC, ESPN, Heineken, um, Rightmove. We, we built the apps for all these businesses. So really started to see the growth in mobile technology, mobile apps, uh, and just saw it was a huge growth area. Yeah. Um, and we also worked with the mobile networks in the UK in that period as well. Uh, we launched Orange Wednesdays, which was one of the biggest mobile network operator backed loyalty programs ever in the UK. Yeah. Um, we just saw a trend of mobile, knew the mobile networks really well, and then just saw sort of where we could maybe create a new loyalty and rewards proposition for the market in airtime rewards. So that transition really of being into uni, starting a business, coming out of uni, and just wanting to carry on that path really of, of early stage technology businesses. Yeah. Um, and just saw mobile was just a massive growth area and, and something we wanted to get involved in. So uh, how was the experience of obviously uh, working in few corporates uh, on the journey? And then when you started Airtime Reward, uh, did you feel this is it now? I want to give my 100% on this and grow it? Or you had some doubts in your journey when you started? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was keen to start as soon as possible, really. Um, the corporate was a side of things was was a good uh, experience and, and shows you a different side of how things work. <laughs> probably, probably knew in that experience it wasn't for me, but okay. equally really good to see the other side of it. Okay. Um, and then the business that we worked for was sold, um, and it was, felt like a really good point to sort of you know transition and and take the plunge really into into full time you know running a business. Um, the sooner you do it, the earlier you do it, the better. better so we yeah. want to take the opportunity as soon as possible and. And, and get going and really never look back since really that's great so tell us about your business tell us about airtime rewards uh, uh what does it do and where it is now 
and uh, and what's the plan for it going yeah. forward? So airtime rewards are we're changing the way retailers reward and incentivize customers in the UK. Okay. Uh, it's a loyalty program, maybe as you know it, but we've, yeah. we've changed the industry in the sense that um, we've created a new type of tracking method for members to earn rewards when spending with major retailers. Okay. We've also developed a new digital reward currency. So our members, when they join our program and they shop with our major retailer partners, yeah. they earn money back against the cost of their smartphone bill, so their mobile bill. So if you, you know, an O2 customer, you join our app, you spend with a retailer, you get reductions on your monthly bill each yep. month. The reason why we went down that channel was typical loyalty and rewards programs are really clunky. You usually get a card that you have to swipe or you do something with in store. Um, and also a lot of the loyalty programs in the UK at the time were really points based and nobody really knows what a point is worth. You never redeem them. So we wanted to give customers a, a highly relevant and, and unique way of incentivizing consumers. And with the growth of mobile at the time, we yeah. just saw that, you know, the last thing we want to leave the house in the morning is your smartphone. Um, the younger demographic in the UK, a bit yeah. more cost conscious, but want the latest iPhone or Android phone every year. How can we, how can we offset their retail spend and give it back to them against something they really care about? And that was a real sort of, uh, point we wanted to sort of um, solve really for the UK consumer. Also give retailers back a, a new innovative rewards program that was super seamless um, and really slick to use. And we've had some, some real success in the last couple of years, growing our membership, also bringing on some of the biggest retailers in the UK, such as Boots, Primark, Morrison's, Curry's, Argos, uh, Greg's, you name it, we work with a lot of the major brands in the UK. And uh, so, uh, how was your first sell? Like, how was the first retailer you got on board? Uh, because of your past experience of working with FMCG brands and your Orange Wednesday, did you have a good relationship with the operators and the retailer to make this work? We had a really good relationship with the, the mobile operators. Okay. And that's, that's what we leveraged with our retailer conversations. Okay. Uh, we went to some, some really big retailers in the UK and said, we work closely with O2 and EE and the other telcos. We can get your name and your and your an incentive and promotion out to millions of customers in the UK. At the time, we were like a thousand users, <laughs> but it but it was using that leverage to be able to create you know a bit more theatre and show that we were bigger than actually what we were. Um, and and how big are you now? I think it's it's massive, right? We're 1.5 million members in the UK. Wow. Um, growing pretty quickly and we should be we should be two million by the end of this year wow that's insane so uh, i think when you started uh, you i think after you got the first retailer to get the next one would have been easier easier yeah it, it definitely helps i think i think one of our first major retailers was with waitrose okay. and then from having waitrose in the program which are you know a relatively large grocer in the uk uh that gives you a bit more credibility you can begin to sell more off that, and then you begin, the sort of snowball begins to to move, and and you know you, you gain that momentum. But obviously, on the other side of it, we're also unlocking new marketing opportunities with O2, who were an investor who became an investor during the process, um, and we're able to leverage more opportunities with the telcos in the UK um, to unlock more retailer relationships. Obviously, when you when you start out, credibility is, is a massive thing. Yeah. Um, 
and we needed to sort of create that traction really to sort of differentiate ourselves from other competitors that were out there so how did you get your first 100 or first 1000 or 10000 customers was it hard that journey because now you're 1.5 and you're going to 2 million i'm sure now it's much easier and everyone knows about you yeah 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 we're a b2b to c business so we need retailers and users but yeah. one drives the other so you can't get retailers really without How an audience yeah. you can't get an audience without really good merchants otherwise yeah. a customer will look at it and think oh i'm not going to use it I, you know i'm, I'm not going to you know and that's you've lost them then it's hard to get them back so we're able to yeah leverage the relationships with with o2 specifically um and run some early marketing campaigns that that really got the the ball rolling uh so, waitros so like a chicken and egg situation you went and got waitros first and then got your users or you went and got your users first and then got waitros a bit of both really so on the waitros scenario o2 were a customer of waitros um they knew they knew through various different data sources who their customers were o2 customers were that also shopped in waitros so we went to o2 and said we want to do a marketing campaign to those waitros customers and and market to them and then waitros are happy about that because a loyalty program getting their customers to spend yeah. more often so it was a really really neat campaign that served each party very well and we were able to get huge uh, traction and and the metrics from that campaign were enormous and it really got o2 to look at us and think wow this company you know they've got something our, our customers really love it we should support them more so you you created a win win situation for everyone yeah i think in the journey i think that was the the success mantra because you had uh, you had the retailers you had the operators yeah. and uh, that's, and now you work with all the operators or yeah. you only work with you work with all of them all, all the major operators um o2 e vodafone okay. o3 with gaff yeah and uh, o2 being your investor there's no challenge on that no no we haven't seen it to be a challenge okay. um they've they've asked for exclusivity a couple of times okay. uh, but we we want to take our our mobile currency global yeah. really yeah yeah nine to one network doesn't really help us get to our our end vision for the company so what's your target audience in the uk you said you're going to go become 2 million soon uh, and you said uh, so this is not everyone who's after points right there must be a certain segment who loves collecting points and and having free uh, like free talk time so what's the target audience you want to reach yeah where where we've where we sort of over index yeah. is younger millennial demographic so this is like mid 20s through to early 30s is is where we where we really see a lot of success um i think the main reasons for that is that the seamlessness and the the slickness of the the technology um we and also the mobile currency element some money back against your smartphone we don't we don't cater for customers that can't pay for the bill our, our demographic is someone that uses an iphone 11 or 12 it costs a fortune and they want to offset that yeah. that cost each month rather yeah. than it be a page you go type customer yeah. it's more the more the sort of where where the, where the pain point is is it's a high value cost each month and you want to reduce that okay great and uh, any plans to go to uh, any other country now after uk are you looking to launch somewhere else or too early yeah. to say yeah yeah so i think i think um yeah Well, in COVID, we would have been out of the UK by now. Okay. Obviously, that's sort of slowed a few of our plans down. Yeah. Uh, whereas now we've got our sights set on next year. 
Okay. Uh, we had a couple of conversations in Germany, Spain, and the US to take it outside of the uh, outside of the UK. US is massive if you if you get that definitely. And yeah. Germany and Spain would uh, would be closer to home. And it I feels think- more the natural step is is Europe first. Yeah, size the market and also there's quite a nice demographic fit I think in the US for our proposition similar to, to the UK. Um, so yeah, we're, we're evaluating different opportunities at the moment. Yeah, it'll be amazing. I think uh, I think it's 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 a great solution what you have in place, and you you create a win-win situation for your retailer, for your operator, and for the users to uh, offset their expenses when they are on a tight budget. So t- tell me, how do you market now? You still use the operators and retailers, or 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 you do app store downloads, or, or is there some other way of of marketing? Yeah, so we have we have other marketing channels outside of the networks. Networks probably cater for maybe 75% and then we have a really strong referral model so member get member if I refer you Himanshu I get a reward so do you Um, we also do paid social as you'd expect across Instagram Facebook Um, and then we do various bits of PR um, but not a huge amount outside the networks it's a it's a really cost-effective channel for us as a business Um, you know it's basically free marketing Yeah, the muscle acquisition is not that high, I think. Yeah, yeah. You almost get a little bit spoiled by by having that really cost effective marketing and then and then you go and spend, you know, two or three pounds on Facebook and it's like, God, this is Thanks. crazy. <laughs> so but, I, I, as the CMO, you spend more time than you know, on the partnerships and bringing on retailers than bringing on consumers. Yeah, yeah. We've we've got a really strong um, marketing channel. We're obviously always trying to optimize those channels and unlock more opportunities with EE and O2 and the other telcos. So there's always an ongoing, you know, conversations there and projects. But yeah, a lot of it's all about getting our members to spend more frequently in terms of marketing. So if a member joins today, how do we get that customer to link a card and begin spending as soon as possible? And then also begin spending across all of our merchants because we we operate a performance-based model. Uh, We don't charge retailers until a member transacts in store or online so our business model is all about driving that spend with a retailer so the communications the targeting the segmentation of the data is really important to unlock more revenue for us so tell me when you started how big was your team and how big is it now like how, how much have you grown in terms of people yeah so we are as it stands today we're 36 uh we have we have two more guys coming to the business and so 1.5 million people uh, using your platform with just 36 people. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Amazing. I'd say, I'd say 75, 80% of those guys are technical. So a really small commercial team outside wow. of that. Um, we obviously started with two, Adam and I, years oh. ago. Uh, we, we outsourced all of our development to India in the early days, built our MVP, okay. raised investment. And then over the years, we've we built this brought a CTO in and built a tech team in-house. And then now we have a, um, a marketing and sales office in London. And then our HQ is, is in Manchester. Wow. Okay. That's lovely. So I think uh, from two people, uh, you have got around 1,000 users. And now with uh, 36 people, you have 1.5 million users going to 2 million. So I think uh, that's a really lean team. Is there any uh, any formula to this or any reason uh, how have you managed to be so lean? Like, um, I think 
I think we've got a really, really good tech team, really, really scalable uh, platform. Um, we don't need hundreds of, of tech resource, which I think is is good and, and testament to how our, our platform works. We don't we don't integrate with retailers. When we sign a new brand up, we don't need an integration team to, to hook into their infrastructure. Yeah. Um, we've integrated into Visa and MasterCard, which facilitates a really quick onboarding of, of brands. So I think yeah. that helps not have a huge development team. And then on the other side of it, on the marketing, as we've touched on, we don't yeah. need a huge marketing team because the networks and various partners do a lot of that for us. Yeah. So we don't need, you know, a huge marketing um, team and we don't need sort of a huge team to manage our members either. Um, we've got a, a good member experience team of like eight people, wow. uh, a bit less. Um, and that's it really. I think, yeah, I think it's it's the scalability of the technology and the business model has really facilitated a, a business that doesn't need a huge amount of people. Okay. And uh, and what's your revenue model, if, if I can ask? Is it uh, is it uh, the the point systems uh, the retailers pay you or the operators pay you? So retailers pay us. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll contract with a retailer and we'll say we'll we'll attract customers for you, uh, and you pay us a, a transaction fee, in essence, on each transaction that we incentivize for you, the retailer, um, okay. and that will be a combined fee so it'll be maybe five percent of the transaction value we'll give four percent back to the customer as their reward for transacting and then we'll keep one um but then we we also pay the the network operator a small fee when that customer redeems 10 pounds to their bill okay so they're quite happy you know that's their business that's a revenue model yeah. um, so we we sort of make sure we satisfy every everyone part. Yeah. yeah, and the retailers are happy because you're driving more footfall and and uh, you're creating more value for them and their customers in terms of actually using the reward points. Because I yeah. have so many reward points, I don't even know about them half the time, and yeah. uh, you don't know what to do with them. It's, it's like a massive problem, not only in like retail, even in your hotels, wherever you go, they ask your mobile number, they give you some reward, and you have no idea what to do do with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, well, that was our one of us pain points really in strategy when we start the businesses, you know, we see, we don't see loyalty programs as really rewarding customers in the right way because you don't know what you get back. Yeah, no idea. Uh, and therefore let's give, let's give pounds back. Let's give yeah. money. Make sure it's really transparent and clear for the customer. Um, oh. when they use our service. So when COVID happened, uh, obviously it must have been, uh, was it revenue hit or obviously because the shopping were reduced, but you had like retailers like Waitrose, so it helped because obviously everyone needs to go buy groceries, right? But how, what was the impact and did you like downsize or did you grow in, in that time or what did you change about yourself? Yeah. So yeah, really interesting period. I think for most businesses, we, we definitely would say we've learned a lot. In terms of the impact, we, yeah, we, we were impacted on revenue because obviously customers are spending less in store, shopping less and therefore... We, we earn less and we can incentivize less transactions. So we, we took a hit there for sure. We didn't, we didn't lose many partners. We didn't have you know, a huge amount of retailers saying, we're not working with you anymore. It was more the, the volume of transactions that were going mm -hmm. through retail were less and therefore we were directly affected for that. Um, the other side of it, in terms of the grocers, we, we, we do work with Morrison's and Waitrose, but they had to pause because 
they just had too much demand. So they couldn't oh. they couldn't incentivize customers anymore. Oh. More of a moral standpoint than anything else because you've got no veg on the shelves. People are queuing outside. Yeah. You've got um, max headcount in stores. So they're like, we'd like to keep you going, but we actually can't because you know it's crazy out there. Are they back now? Yeah. So we just launched Morrison's back on the program okay. uh, a couple of days ago, and then we're speaking to the other big grocers as well. Okay. But in, in terms of the management, we didn't we didn't furlough any of the team. Okay. Uh, we we sort of wound back various costs in terms of marketing and what we were doing, and you know not not maybe taking on a few highs here and there. No. Um, we didn't furlough anyone. We didn't have any pay cuts. And I think that one of the things we're we're really quite pleased and proud of through the period was there's obviously a lot of knee jerk reactions out there yeah. and yeah. scenarios and. We didn't want to make any rash decisions um, and we wanted to keep the team together and, be, and we had such a busy roadmap. Uh, and also we had a duty of, to our retailers to incentivize sales for them. Yeah. You know, we, we don't want to lose anyone because we've got so much to do. So we just hunkered down a bit, reduced costs um, and just and just really tried to crack on. Um, and we actually rebuilt our app. We real, rebuilt our uh, segmentation engine, the platform. We okay. did. We did loads from a product standpoint through that period by not having as many distractions. And uh, so, what do you think is your success? Your success mantra, or the three things you believe which made, which made you reach where you are, and which uh, drives you every day to uh, grow further? I think, yeah, we, we we're really trying to fundamentally change the way retailers incentivize customers, bring a new rewards proposition to market. That, that's really what drives us day in, day out to change that and to work with some of the biggest brands in the UK. Yeah. Um, we're, still, we're still having brands now that said no to us years ago that are coming back to us. And I think that's just that's brilliant in a way. You know, you're, you are always too early when you start, but if you yeah. can stick on that vision and that path and you know where you're going and you know where the change needs to be, then, you know, the market and brands do come back to you. And, you know, that, that's really good to see. Um, so I think that's the, the mantra, really. Uh, simple, powerful rewards is our outfacing, you know, strapline as a business, and that sort of goes across everything we do. And what about yourself? What is your success mantra as an entrepreneur? Like, uh, are you a go-getter, or, or so what's something which motivates you, or you think which worked for you that you've reached here? Uh, oof, good question. <laughs> Uh, I think I think you've just got to be a good a good person throughout all of it. I, you know, I think I think all the guys in the team, yeah. probably, you know, we we're, we're pretty we're pretty good with them in a way. Um, and that's what I like to to sort of hope hope we stand for as a being manager. good leader, being a uh, being a good team player is something. Yeah, yeah, lead by example is absolutely something that I really I really believe in. You know, you don't need to tell people um, as long as you've got a good team. And they can see you doing the things the right way, diligently, passionately. That that goes across the business, and I think that's that's what I try to do. Um, obviously, work hard is is an absolute minimum. All of that, yeah. Um, yeah. but leading by example, you know, we've got a pretty relaxed um, style, but we've we've got a vision, and we want people to buy into that. Um, and I think if you've for us, that seems to to work really well. Okay. And uh, for any upcoming uh, entrepreneurs from Lancaster or anywhere else, what would you advise them to follow if they want to become an entrepreneur? I just think you've got to you've got to 
you've got to do it as soon as possible. You know, you know this yourself, like yeah. starting a business. There's yeah. so many, there's so many reasons why not. Yeah. Um, and it on, there's only more reasons as you get a bit older. So if yeah. you should, now, you know, you've, you've not got a mortgage, you've not got all those things that, that hold you back. Yeah. You need a bit of naivety. You need a little bit of arrogance to think you can do it yourself. Yeah. Um, that, that, you do it as soon as possible. Do it as soon as possible. And I think I think that would be my be my sort of word of, of advice is, is as soon as. And before better. we yeah, before we end it, uh, one last question I love asking all entrepreneurs is: uh, entrepreneurs be, uh, like born or made? Like, do you think you were you were born with uh, with that skill, or or as you as you grew up, you uh, became? Can I say a bit of both? Can I, can I say it can be nurtured as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say one or the other, to be honest. I think, I think you need a little bit inside you. Um, it's all I ever wanted to do from, from a really early age. Um, but then I think it is, it is nurtured into you and by, you learn by doing in the same sense. I learned a lot in the last five or six years. And I think, I think I'm more entrepreneurial now than I would have been when I started out. If you understand what I mean? Yeah. I think as you grow, you're learning every day. I think that's something yeah. uh, you're saying is very important also. Yeah, exactly. And there's certain characteristics that make you more likely to do it than not. Obviously, okay. I think I don't think they can necessarily be trained. That risk, appetite, um, you know, ambition, all of that. I think you've sort of got it or you've not. But then the entrepreneurial, you know, problem solving, yeah. you know, believing you can do it. I think I think confidence grows over time. That makes sense. Uh, thank you so much uh, for coming to the Little Couch, and it was great hosting you. And uh, wishing you luck for your journey, and from 1.5 to 2 million, and then for, for multiple countries going forward. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yes, we're going to stop the recording. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it useful. Do write to us at the Digital Couch at vfirst.com for any suggestions. To know more about Value First, visit www.vfirst.com. See you in our next episode. Till then, keep spreading joy.